7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and a very good evening, everybody, and thanks for joining us on SAFM Spot On. Uh, Tabiso Musia is me, and Katlako Mudiba is producing, and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer. Tonight uh, on the show, we'll, we'll start with a quick preview of the NetBank Golf Challenge hosted by Gary Player. It gets underway on Thursday at the Gary Player Country Club in Sun City, and once again, there is a star-studded field for the NGC, which is now part of the European Tours uh, race to Dubai, so that's why they're able to attract so many many of the world's uh, top players on the European tour circuit. And then we'll go over to Ghana to catch up with Bafana Bafana. They left uh, the country last night. They are playing the first of a back-to-back qualifiers on Thursday against the Black Stars of Ghana before hosting Sudan in Orlando this Sunday at 3. And these games are qualifiers for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations. To And uh, the Ghana game will be Coach Mulefinseki's first official match in charge. We will also speak to a Ghanaian journalist about the Black Stars and uh, find out what kind of uh, team they have for this game on Thursday against Bafana. Bafana, Bafana, and then we'll have a conversation with Amazulu striker Bongin Tuli. Incredibly, if you've not been following local football, Bongin Tuli has scored all seven of Amazulu's of Amazulu's goals in the league this season. That's eleven matches. They've only scored seven, and they've all come from one man. Unbelievable! So he's going to speak to to us, the poor guy tonight. And uh, also on that note, just a quick mention, a quick score that's just come through. South Africa's under twenty threes played against the Ivory Coast to today at the under twenty three Afcon in Egypt, and the full time score is one nil to South Africa. Atebohomukwena with a stunning free kick there uh, to give the. Under- under 23 is a win. It's their second game of this eight-team tournament. Uh, the first game was against Zambia, which they threw nil-nil. And remember, for that game, they only had 12 squad players available because some of the uh, clubs did not release their players because this tournament does not fall on an official FIFA date. So now that it is FIFA break and the FIFA week, they've then released their players. So the likes of Sipombule, Tebo Homogwena were some of the players that joined uh, the team uh, this week and what a difference they've made then. So it's four points out of two for David Notwane's charges. Uh, there's also Nigeria in this group who the Ivory Coast beat 1-0 in their opener. And remember, there are eight teams here it's two groups of four so the top two will qualify for the semis and then the top three teams in this under 23 AFCON in Egypt will then be Africa's representatives at next year's Olympic Games in Tokyo so uh, good going so far for David Notwane's boys four points from two matches and well done to them and uh, so yeah if you want to weigh in on any of our conversations the lines are always open on 0891 our WhatsApp number to send voice notes is 061 4104 our sms line is 41391 and while on that note of bafana bafana ghana i can now confirm that um the game will not be shown on uh, sabc so bafana bafana versus ghana on thursday night will not be shown on sabc but sabc will show sunday's match uh, between uh, bafana bafana and sudan in orlando so it looks like uh, the bafana game on Thursday will not be on any South African TV network then. So it is that time of the year again. My goodness, how time flies. The NetBank Golf Challenge is around the corner. It feels like yesterday when I was there uh, last year. It starts on Thursdays, goes on until a Sunday, uh, but the activities have already started and I believe there's a Champions Dinner uh, tonight in Sun City and we are joined on the line now by uh, Toby Badenhorst, who's the Head of Sponsorships and Cause Marketing at the NetBank Group just to look ahead to the NGC 2019. Toby, good evening. Thanks again for speaking to us on uh, SAFM. Hey, Sabiso. Good evening to you and to your listeners, and thank you for having me on your show. Are you in Sun City already? If so, how's it looking? How's the vibe? I am indeed. It's a very festive atmosphere, and it's definitely the place to be uh, from uh, you know Thursday onwards. You know, as part of the you know the, what will be the 39th uh, celebration of the Net Bank Golf Challenge. So we're really looking forward to it. All of the players are in town. Uh, we had the first pro-am day today, and another pro-am tomorrow. And uh, but the course is looking beautiful. I've heard a lot of the golfers, you know, with great compliments, you know, mm. towards the, you know, the golf staff here at uh, the Gary Player Country Club, you know, with just, uh, you know, how immaculate the greens are looking. 
And even despite, uh, you know, the lack of rain that this region has had, the course is looking really good. And uh, we've got a lot in store for all of the spectators uh, this weekend. Great stuff. And 40 years of the Gary Player Country Club now. Talking about what's in store, I know a number of changes were announced earlier this year, starting with the prize money. Tell us about the increase this year. Yeah, so first of all, so the total prize spot uh, is still the same. at 7.5 million US dollars. But the winner's check this year will be a world record. It's going to be 2.5 million US dollars. um, And that will break the record uh, as the biggest winner's check in world golf. Of course, last week's Turkish Airlines Open was uh, uh, 2 million US dollars. The Net Bank Golf Challenge winner's check will be 2.5. And then next week, the DP World Tour Championship will be 3 million US dollars. So it's all part of parcel of the revamped Race to Dubai final series, which of course also carries a um, you know increase in the number of points as part of the race to Dubai, where there's a bonus pool of five million US dollars up for grabs, and also Ryder Cup points because you know it's obviously an attractive uh, proposition for all of the uh, you know golfers competing on the European tour. If my math is correct, that's double what Lee Westwood got last day. Is that correct? That is correct. It's uh, not a bad paycheck for four days of work, eh, to be so. I mean, uh, you know, if you take your where we're sitting at fifteen odd rand to the to the US dollar, you know, times that by you know uh, like two two and a half, you know, so I think it gets you close to like thirty seven oh. and a half uh, million rand, you know, for four days work. So look, it's 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 what we've got to do to get the world's best golfers here. Um, you know, globally, you know, the golf, uh, of, you know, the game of golf, you know, it's just grown exponentially. Yeah. Uh, and it's really become a global game. You know, if you look at how the game is growing across Asia, particularly in China, you know, so, you know, it's what we have to do to, to ensure that Africa's major keeps its uh, prestigious name on the on the global stage. And how significant is it, Toby, for Africa's major to be part of the race to Dubai? Because now you're able to attract some of the top golfers in the world and it must also be a vote of confidence for the NGC from the European Tour. Yeah, I must say, you know, I must compliment the, the European Tour. They've been great partners of ours. Uh, you know, we see, like if, uh, we've mentioned, you know, we see uh, allocation of the Ryder Cup points, uh, the race to Dubai points. Uh, you know, the increase in the prize money, the winner's check, you know, all of these elements that that we've mentioned, it definitely adds, you know, a bit of gravitas to it. Uh, it ensures that we get the world's elite golfers here, especially, you know, the European tour players, um, and, and to make sure, you know, that, uh, you know, it, it still keeps its mark. You know, if you go back in this tournament's history, when it first started way back in 1981, you know, back then it was the, you know, the biggest prize in world golf, you know, so... It's, um, you know, with this increase in the winner's check, we've tried to reclaim that position as much as we can. Of course, we know nowadays, you know, some of the majors and the WGC events, World Golf Championship events, um, you know, the total prize pot is in excess of 10 million US dollars. So that's, that's mm. a significant amount for our economy to, to compete against. And who are some of these top players that will, that, that I hear? I saw most of them arriving last night or the night before. I saw some visuals on TV. Yeah, I think obviously the big news is the fact that um, we've got the number one on the current uh, race to Dubai leaderboard, Bernd Wiesberger. He is uh, here this week. You know, so I think that gives a vote of confidence that you know the number one player is here. Uh, you've got other you know Ryder Cup former Ryder Cup participants in the form of Tommy Fleetwood. You know, from England is here. Uh, old fan favourite Hendrik Stenson. Uh, defending champion Lee Westwood from England is here, and then a whole bunch of local South African favourites. Of course, the big easy any yeah. house, that's the big news. It's the first time in a long time that he's back at Sun City. You've got Lee Westhausen, who's in great form, and I think if you're a betting man, you know, you wouldn't, uh, you know, take uh, a, you know, a bet on not, uh, you, know, you know, for him not to win this, this week's uh, event. And then some other, you know, I would say young up-and-coming South Africans who've really made a name for themselves on the world stage this year. Eric van Rooyen, uh, Justin Harding, of course, Brandon Grace. Uh, he was a winner here two years ago. He was the last South African, in fact, to, to win here at the, at the Net Bank Golf Challenge. So uh, Christian Besaidenot, he's also, I think, on the top 10 on the Race to Dubai leaderboard. Zander Lombard, Sunshine Tour Order of Merit winner. And a whole host of other, uh, you know, major winners, you know, in the form of Danny Willett's former champion, Martin Keimer. So, no, we've got the best of the best here from a golf perspective. And uh, other than that, we've also got a great uh, you know, entertainment uh, lineup uh, as well for, for all of the spectators. 
Well, I did say a headline that read, fans are going to experience the most interactive NetBank Golf Challenge. What do you have in store this week? I was there last year, as I mentioned, and that VR technology was very popular. Yes, you know, every year, I must say, you know, we're trying to up, you know, increase the overall fan experience. And I must say this, you know, Talisa, we've all you know, been very fortunate to travel overseas and to attend some global events. And, you know, but I can say that the NetBank Golf Challenge, without you know, bragging about our own, but it can really hold its own, you know, especially from, you know, if you look at the work that Sun International does, you know, from a corporate hospitality perspective, you know, I, I think some of those global golf tournaments can come here and see how, how we do things. It's really, you know, the, the best that, uh, you know, of South African corporate hospitality. But in addition to that, as you know, it's not just about the, you know, the, the, the corporate hospitality. Mm. Uh, for the last, few years now, I must say that the event organizers have gone out of their way to ensure that the general ticket holder gets as much of a VIP experience as, as a corporate hospitality ticket holder will do. In the form of the revamped public hospitality village, there's loads of entertainment every day, you know, with uh, various forms of entertainment uh, starting from Thursday onwards, you know, that fans can look forward to in that particular area. Um, one being the fact that the uh, Soho Hotel uh, uh, you know, pool area has now been incorporated as part of the whole public hospitality village. So it's just opened up, you know, sort of a world of opportunities within that. But just to give you and the listeners sort of a glimpse of, you know, what what they can look forward to, it all obviously starts on Thursday. Uh, tickets will be uh, 200 rand for adults. Uh, Friday, it will be 220 rand. And kids under the age of 12, 90 rand. Then on Saturday and Sunday, ticket prices for adults will be 250 rand each and also 90 rand for kids under the age ages of 12. But entertainment, on Thursday, we've got DJ Jazzy D, uh, we've got DJ Minx as well uh, on Friday, we've got Pascal Pierce, uh, Jethro Tate, uh, we've got Lockenville on Friday as well, mm. Hospitality Village. On Saturday, we've got Jesse Clegg, DJ Euphonic, Vin Basil, uh, Timo ODD, um, and the Divinity Band on Sunday as well. So that's my entertainment mm. perspective. But uh, on an additional note, like you've mentioned, uh, you know, we've gone big from our NetBank activations is to enhance the fan experience through a series of world-class virtual reality activations where fans can come and compete as part of our overall fan leaderboard. So if anyone is willing and, you know, really looking for, you know, coming to, to come to the NetBank Golf Challenge, I would encourage them to, if they do have access to a smartphone, is to download our NetBank Golf Challenge app. It's a really, you know, world-class uh, innovation that we've put forward where there's a host of prizes and daily, you know, competitions and prizes uh, that we are uh, hosting in on the app and an overall fan leaderboard that all of the fans can compete in on a daily basis. And are you going cashless? Absolutely. You know, it's the, I, I'm, I'm proud to say, it's the first major sporting event in South Africa that will go entirely cashless this year. So what that means is when you come through to Sun City, whether you get on the SkyTrain or come through the Welcome Walkway, uh, whether you check in at your hotel, everywhere you go on complex, there will be cashier desks whereby, you know, you can take out a, what we call a cashless card. You can deposit money onto it and you can use the same card on multiple days if you're staying here for more than one day. And, you know, once you've obviously spent the money or bought what you needed to do, you can also take the money off of it. So I think it's a really fresh perspective on the old paper-based voucher system that, uh, you know, event owners uh, tend to dish out. So, you know, I'm really uh, excited about that. And you can also use the NetBank Money app and NGC app to pay via our uh, QR code and scan to pay features embedded in, in each of those apps. And finally, Toby, people often ask, what does the NetBank Golf Challenge do for the community in the Northwest? I believe there was yeah. a handover last month of a sports facility. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we cannot, you know, just take from this particular area and not give back. Um, we've taken heed from the local community, and I'm proud to say that we've really made a concerted effort to do as much as we can to give back to the local community members. So it's a journey that started about a year ago already with the Department of Sports and Arts and Culture and uh, the Sports Trust. You know, of course, both NetBank and Sun International are founding uh, members of the Sports Trust. We worked with the local community, and we identified uh, a primary school in the Leerdag area, which is just out of, outside of Sun City, and we've um, initiated and uh, installed a multi-purpose sports court to the value of 1.8 million rand 
uh, that's got a 20-year lifespan. It's got um, you know the ability to host five different sporting disciplines on this particular sports court. Uh, of course, uh, soccer, netball, tennis, uh, basketball, and I think volleyball as well. You know that can be played on uh, you know on the uh, multi-purpose sports court. So that was the handover event that took place in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we've also partnered with the local community members uh, as part of this theme of Africa's major, whereby uh, the term is called yarn bombing. Mm-hmm. But what we've done is, is we've um, you know, partnered with local community traders, um, whereby they've basically knitted uh, different, tons and tons of different fabrics, and we've dressed all of, you know, a lot of the trees and some of the memorabilia in and around the golf course with these colorful patterns um, as part of a local community drive. And after the event, you know, they will have the ability, whether it's obviously sustainable, we'll take it down, and those will become blankets for local community members as well. So that's Sounds another good. initiative. And uh, we've also invited some of our South African golf developing board golfers here. Oh, okay, Toby, we are going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we just need to take a, a quick break there. Maybe you can just stay with us and we'll wrap up after this break. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. We just had to pay the bills there. Sorry about that, Toby. You were telling us about the development golfers. Yeah, so like I said, you know, we invited two of the foremost, you know, um, sort of golfers as part of the South African Golf Development Board and their coach. They had the opportunity to play today with Scott Jameson from uh, Scotland, and uh, he was very generous, you know, in, you know, giving some of his time and some coaching tips, you know, to you know some of our best, uh, you know, developing golfers making their way through the local development scenes, um, you know, to just you know see and learn, you know, how the pros are actually doing it, um, you know, also as part of NetBank's re- uh, partnership with the Sunshine Tour, you know, we invested in growing and developing you know, the local game of golf. And, you know, we would obviously like to see more and more, you know, South African golfers making a name for themselves on the international stage. Great stuff. And finally, what's tonight's Champions Dinner all about? So it's really the, the sort of big kickoff event, you know, where a lot of the pros are in, gathered in the Sun City Super Bowl uh, together with all the commentators, the sponsors, the pro-am guests. And it's a great opportunity, you know, for golfers and, some of, you know, the fans just to interact and to basically kick off, uh, you know, this year's proceedings. So some of the big, you know, candidates, of course, on stage will be Ernie Els, who's not only playing in the Net Bank Golf Challenge, but he's also the, the captain of the, uh, you know, the international team yeah. of the President's Cup, which is obviously being played in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. And he'll be on stage with Patrick Harrington, who's uh-huh. obviously the captain of the European team as part of the Ryder Cup, who will be going to the U.S. again to uh, next year to, to defend their title. So that's on the first section with Doogie Donnelly. And then uh, on stage as well will be Lee Westwood and uh, Louis Westhaven uh, and a couple, and Ian Polt, I believe, you know, some of the you know, local and international players, you know, really just to talk about the expectations of this week and to as part of the hype and build-up for this year's NetBank Golf Challenge hosted by Gary Player. On that note, how big is it to have Gary Player endorsing at uh, uh, this tournament? Because, I mean, he's a big name worldwide and he speaks highly of the NGC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a South African sporting icon, you know, who's won nine majors, uh, you know, as part of the, you know, world golf calendar. So it's, it's fantastic to have his uh, name as part of the, the event. And it definitely, you know, adds a lot of value when he travels overseas. He's a great ambassador, not just for the event, but for South Africa as a whole. And for him to sell the event to international players and you know, especially in America as well, you know, to, to tell people about, you know, to coming and playing in South Africa. So it's fantastic to have his, uh, you know, backing as part of, uh, of, of the tournament. Okay, great stuff, Toby. We wish you all the best for the NGC 2019. Looking forward to another exciting tournament. Thanks, Abiso. And just want again to encourage your listeners to visit their nearest Ticket Pro outlets and to go and purchase their tickets. They'll definitely get their money's worth over this weekend. And I believe there'll be some shuttles that are organized for those that are traveling. Yeah, absolutely. So we've partnered with a company called Zelo. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, you can also go onto the Ticket Pro website where you can purchase tickets for shuttles that will be traveling back and forth between Johannesburg and uh, Pretoria, you know, where there's loads of uh, pickup points, you know, that you can get a return transfer. Of course, we don't want people to drive all this way yeah. and have a few drinks and then drive back at late at night. You know, it's obviously not a safe option. So we'd like to encourage as, you know, as many 
plans as possible to, to make use of the Zelo shuttle service. Okay, thanks, Toby. And once again, good luck for the tournament. Toby, so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. The head of sponsorship and cause marketing at NetBank, Toby Biden, is talking to us about NGC 2019. Starts on a Thursday in Sun City. And um, on that note, we are going to change focus now and talk football. We did mention that Bafana Bafana is in Ghana. Uh, they're playing against the Black Stars on a Thursday. And let's get a perspective from a Ghanaian journalist on uh, what their team looks like and what the people of Ghana are saying. And we are joined on the line by Emma Adu Giamfi. Emma Adu, good evening. Thank you for joining us here on SAFM in South Africa. Many thanks to you, my brother Tabiso. Firstly, um, I've been seeing a hashtag in the Ghanaian media about these games. You're playing, obviously, Bafana and Sautomi, and they're calling it Bring Back the Love. What inspired this message? Well, you know, um, after what happened to the former president of the Ghana Football Association, Kwesi Nyantechi, who also happened to be the first vice president of the Confederation of Africa Football, uh, some few weeks ago, a new election or election was organized to elect a new president for the uh, Ghana Football Association. And the man who emerged as the president is Kent Edward Simeon Okraku. Uh, he used to be the executive chairman of the, of the Ghana Premier League club, Dreams FC. Now, this man has called for a, a lot more support for the Black Stars team because a lot of Ghanaians really are angry uh, because they feel despite the huge investment in the team, there is very little or nothing to show for, for it. There is lack of commitment on the side of the players. They also take outrageous bonuses when they win games. And since 1982, Ghana has never been able to win the Africa Cup of Nations. So what it means is that the new GFA president, Ketokraku, together with his executive council members, have brought this hashtag, bring back the love, so that Ghanaians will once again fall in love with the Black Stars. Remember... Uh, before the Germany 2006 World Cup, Ghana played against South Africa, and we Ghana managed to beat South Africa to qualify for the World Cup. Around that time, the love for the national team was massive. And even during the first ever African World Cup in 2010 in South Africa, there was so much love for the senior national team, the Black Stars. But at this point in time, uh, and they all started during the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, when about $3.5 million was flown over to Brazil to pay the players and even then, the coach was fighting with some of the players in the team. It led to a fallout between the coach and some of the senior players who uh, ever since then have not been part of this particular team. So a lot of things uh, have happened with this particular Black Stars team. And the new president, Keto Kraku, has said that it is important that Ghanaians bring back the lap they used to have for the senior national team. And indeed, the head coach of the team, James Kosiapia, has also encouraged Ghanaians to rally behind the team so that the team can perform very, very well. Mm. And and uh, talking about the head coach, Akwese uh, Apier, um, is it true that uh, he's under pressure that he's got these two games to save his job? Exactly so. Exactly so. You know, Kwesi Apier uh, was, was brought back after uh, Abraham Grant exited his team. So since 20, the 1st of May 2017, Kwesi Apia has been the coach of the Black Stars team. And his contract really should have expired in May. But quite mysteriously, we are told, the officials tell us that his contract has been extended. Uh, till the, You know, the Nations Cup was also initially supposed to have kicked off in January. Mm. It was moved to June. And so the coach's contract was also extended till December. So up till this point in time, Kusiapia has the game against South Africa and the game against Saotomi and Principi to convince the officials once again that he deserves to still be in charge of the senior national team. So it is really a tall order for Kusiapia to justify uh, his reappointment once again as the head coach of the Black Stars because ever since he was appointed, things have not been quite smooth for Kusiapia. He promised Ghanaians that he was going to deliver the Africa Cup of Nations which was played in Egypt. And as we know it, the Black Stars were kicked out at the early rounds of the competition. So he's really under a lot of pressure to deliver once again. And how was that reaction to that last 16 exit at AFCON? Ghanaians were really angry that, you know, despite the kind of players that the Black Stars have, they were still not able to progress further. And indeed, no disrespect to Tunisia, but they feel that for a team that has so much quality to be beaten by Tunisia, you know, it was very difficult. An appeal 
too difficult for Ghanaians to swallow. And I, I said earlier that since 1982, the team has never been able to win the trophy. In, 2000 and, in 2008, when Ghana hosted it, the expectations were that the Ghana team were going to be able to win the tournament. It was not possible. 2010 in Angola, they went as far as to the finals only to be beaten by Egypt. And then, you know, it has happened. In 2015, in the Tutorial Guinea, the Black Stars again went to the finals. They played against Ivory Coast in the penalty shootout. The Black Stars took a 2-0 commanding lead in the penalty shootout. Yet, they were able to lose. So Ghanaians really are not too much enthused about this particular team at all at this point in time. I see Charles O'Connor has uh, joined the team as assistant, a former player, former coach at Hearts of Oak at, at Asante Kotoko. What can we read into this? Indeed, um, what Ghanaians are really also saying is that Kosiapia has been treated with kid gloves. You know, he used to have, or he's worked with different people. Anytime we are told he's not happy with the, the, the people who surround him. And Ibrahim Tanko, the current coach mm. of the under-23 team, the Black Meteors who currently are playing in the under-20, in the under-23 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt, he was supposed to have been the assistant coach, the first assistant coach to Kwesiapia. But we are told that Kwesiapia is not happy with him, so he's been taken off Maxwell Kunedu. Uh, he is also the head coach of the local Black Stars team, the team that played in the Chan tournament and the Wafu tournament. We are told Kwesiapia is not happy with him, so he has also been taken out. Now yeah. he's bringing a new person, a former captain of the Black Stars team, Charles Kwabna Akono, to be his assistant. And indeed, yesterday was the first session for the team, and Piki Akono was introduced to the players, and he's in high spirits. He's told the players that he's also bringing fresh ideas to help the team to go forward. So the expectation is that Piki Akono, he's also, in spite of the fact that he's played football, he's also garnered uh, some bit of experience on the local terrain. He's coached teams like Accra Hatsafuk, he's coached teams like Kumasi Asante Kotoko, he's coached teams like Obuasi Ashanti Gold. So in terms of domestic experience, you have to. But at the national team level, this is the first ever time he's having uh, a, a stint with any of the national teams. What's happened to Stephen Appiah? Well, Stephen Appiah is still with the Black Stars team. Initially, we were told that he was also not too uh, in the good books of the coach, but as, as, as we know it, he's still the coordinator for the Black Stars team and he's still with the team. As of now, they are in Cape Coast right now. Mm. Stephen Tonado appeared, the former captain of the Black Stars, is also part of the team. And indeed, the goalkeeper's trainer, Richard Kenson, is also still very part of the team. Initially, there were reports that Kisiapia was not happy with them, but they are still with the team as I speak. Okay. And let's talk about the squad now. What do you make of the squad selected for this match? Have there been any casualties from AFCON 2019? Indeed, there are a lot of casualties. The so-called big boys. I mean, Asamwajan, uh, who has been elevated you know, elevated in coach because he was the captain of the team, but the coach claims that he has elevated him to the general captain, and Andre Ayu is now a substantive captain of the team. Asamoah is missing out on this particular list. You know, Asamoah now flies his trade in India, mm. and he's no more part of the team. John Boy is no is not part of the team. Kojo Asamoah plays for Inter Milan, is not part of the team. And a lot of the so-called experienced players. And this is because of the fallout from the... Uh, Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt, there were a lot of things that happened during the tournament off the field of play. And even on the field of play, it quite should. It quite should because we are told that the team was divided into into supporters of Asamoajan and into the supporters of Andre Ayu. So it was quite divided. Oh. So once the coach has appointed Andre Ayu as the captain of the team, he's going to stick with him and the players who are very much committed to the cause of the team and those in favor of Andre Ayu. So it, it appears players who are divided on the on the side of Asamoajan and who are also quite experienced uh, have been have been ignored at this point in time there have been a few withdrawals are they big are they big withdrawals in Salusu who plays for Real Valladolid he was in line for a debut there's Harrison Afoul and Mubarak Wakaso I believe is also out yes indeed uh, as you said Mane Salusu plays for Real Valladolid he's injured Mubarak Wakaso he also has a hand injury. And there's also a new player. Indeed, Kwesiapia called about seven debutants for this particular double header. Five of them have uh, they are in camp right now, but two of them, um, including Mohamed Salisu and Parabon of Germany winger, Christopher NTJ, he mm. has also redrawn over some documentation issues. So they are not part of the team, but there are a lot of youngsters and new players in the setup of the Black Stars players. But of course, the, 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 some, 
some of the uh, quite notable names are still part of the team. There's Thomas Partey, there's Jordan Ayew plays for Crystal Palace, Thomas Partey plays for Atletico Madrid. Alfred Duncan is also returning to the team after uh, a short while. He plays for Sassuolo in the Italian mm-hmm. area. Joseph Edu is a defender for Celta Vigo. He's also very much part of this team. Uh, and, and of course, a few of the of the known faces are still in this, in this very particular setup. Is it true, Emma, that the fans wanted the coach to explain his selections in a press conference and he refused? <laughs> well, the, the fans and journalists alike have always insisted that it is important that the coach comes out to explain the criteria he uses to call up players into the national team. But any time this particular issue comes up, he's defended by the federation, he's, he's, he's almost covered by the Ghana Football Association. And so he's always in their shadows not to come out to explain why player A was called and why player B was not called. And so uh, I, I won't say he has refused, but it is incumbent on the FA to, 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 to probably allow him or ask him to explain the criteria he uses to call up players. But after this point in time, he's not done so. But I've not, I've not, you know, uh, ascertained, you know, the mm. rationale behind the, the decision by the Football Association. But it is, a, it is important that Ghanaians are able to know why a certain player was called and why a certain player was not called. But, you know, for quite a while now, we've not had that. And so we are getting used to that. So at the moment, do they just release a statement and, and that's how the team is announced? Yes, that's how the team is announced. The oh. statement is released by, you know, the, the, the communication team of the Ghana Football Association. And it is just released like that, that, you know, those players are called for uh, those games against, oh. you know, social and so teams and all of that. And there's no further explanation why a certain player is ignored or why a certain player is not ignored. As oh. I, the last time it actually happened was during the 2014 World Cup when players were called up to to the staff camp to train for the 2014 World Cup. And ever since then, no player has been called up with any reason. There's not been any official reason why certain players are not called and why certain players are called. There were concerns a few days ago about the state of the pitch because there's no permanent groundsman at the Cape Coast Stadium. Any idea how it's looking now if things have improved? Yes, the Central Regional Football Association president uh, visited the test uh, together with... uh, uh, you know, people who are very much well-versed in green and and you know what they are telling us is that the the pitch is in a it's a it's a it's a conducive it's in a very good state to play football. So we shouldn't we shouldn't you know fret at all. We shouldn't be oh, uh, so much concerned about the quality of the pitch. And they are very much knowledgeable about the pitch that we play football. On. There's there's a company called Greengrass Technology here in Ghana, and they are responsible for the. Uh, for, for, for the upgrade of the pitches and all of that. And they've told us, all the pressmen, that there's no cause for alarm and the, and the pitch is very much uh, good for good football. And what are you expecting from the Bafana Bafana team under a new coach now? Yes, um, you know, we know the quality of the South African team. And it was clearly exhibited during the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, playing against a host nation, yep. Egypt, with the fans massive in attendance, supporting the host nation. And the South Africans went all the way to Egypt to beat them by a long haul. And so this, this is the story uh, Ghanaians are learning from. Uh, you know, Kenneth Erasmus, all these players, and Tessitao is in the form of his life playing for Club Bruges in, in Belgium. So all these players are very known to the Ghanaian media and to the Ghanaian players, and they are very much aware. And indeed, it's always been very difficult playing against South Africa. Uh, if you remember, the first ever time that Ghana played against South Africa was in 1994. It was a friendly international. Mm. South Africa beat Ghana by 2-1. And during the African Cup of Nations in 1996, South Africa beat Ghana by 3 goals to 0 in the semi-final. During the Africa Cup of Nations, when Ghana hosted, co-hosted with Nigeria, in Kumasi, the second largest city in Ghana, South Africa beat Ghana by a long goal to nil. So it has always been very, very, very difficult playing against the Bafana Bafana of South Africa. This very much Ghanaians are aware, and the players themselves are, are aware. So uh, we shouldn't leave anything to chance at all, especially when there's a new man in charge, Molese in Turkey. Uh, he was assistant to Stuart Baxter. Mm. And so Ghanaians know him very, very, very much, and they are very, very cautious about this one. The players have promised that once they were not able to deliver the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, they are promising Ghanaians that if they qualify for Cameroon in 2021, then they are promising Ghanaians to bring the trophy. So this is one particular crucial game 
and again, no disrespect to the other members in the group, Tatsumi and Principe and Sudan, but South Africa appears the most difficult task for the Black Stars. And they know that if they're able to win this game, then they will be in a very good place to qualify for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations. Great stuff. Emma Adu Giamfi, thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. We appreciate the wonderful insight uh, that you've given us on just what's happening in the Ghana national team and just as far as Ghanaian football is concerned. And all the best for Thursday. It is my pleasure, as always, my brother. Thank you, sir. And up next, we're going to speak to uh, Matlomola Morake, uh, the media uh, officer for uh, Bafana Bafana. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Let's find out now what's happening in the Bafana Bafana camp. And uh, Matlomola Morake joins us on the line. Clogs, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Hey, good evening, man, uh, to you and uh, to the listeners of uh, SAFM. It's a pleasure on the show. How was the trip to Ghana? It was long. <laughs> it was hard. But uh, we made it. Uh, we left South Africa at uh, 5 past 6. In fact, it was the flight was today, the flight missed. So we left on about half past 6. And we only landed in Accra at midnight. And from Accra to Cape Coast, it was another two and a half, uh, three hour drive, a uh, bus drive to our hotel. So we only got to the hotel around about uh, 3 a.m. Uh, local time, which is uh, South African time, 5 a.m. Sure. And the boys try to get some rest. And as I'm speaking to you now, uh, the boys are busy working hard uh, at the uh, training field, our first training session uh, of uh, our Sinto arrivals here in Ghana. Mm. Oh, I was about to ask, when are you going to train if you arrived at, at that time? Are you training at the stadium where the game is going to take place on Thursday? Yes, actually, we're training at the main venue, which is uh, the Cape Coast Stadium. Mm. And uh, the boys are looking good. Uh, they've had uh, uh, the whole day to rest. And yeah, and uh, Coach Wilson take it happy. But uh, almost all the players are here. Uh, you might have heard that, uh, you know, when we left South Africa, we left with all the local base players. Yes. And uh, the, we met up with uh, the overseas base players, uh, the likes of Bongani Zungu, Pesitau, Lemuhamu Chiba, Lemuhampiri, in uh, Accra. Uh, unfortunately, Kusulano uh, Severo and Kamukhanamu Kocho couldn't uh, make their flight, but uh, as I'm speaking to you now, they're driving from Accra, uh, coming to Cape Coast, so we should be with them in the next hour or so, and uh, they'll be able to uh, join us for the evening training session tomorrow. Okay, great stuff. And how's that pitch looking? There were reports that it's brown. They were worried about it, uh, uh, but we spoke to a Ghanaian journalist now. He says that it's improved and it's looking better. Is that correct? Yes, it's actually looking very good. Uh, you remember, if, if, if you still remember, uh, this is uh, the pitch that uh, Banyana Banyana used uh, when they qualified for uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup oh. when they beat Mali here 2-0 last year, exactly about an hour, uh, a year ago. That was on the 27th of November. Uh, so the pitch is looking good. Uh, they, when we were here earlier, before training, uh, they were just uh, trimming it uh, to fit the two sides, Ghana and South Africa. And the players, as I'm saying, they seem to be happy and enjoying it uh, out there. Uh, obviously, they all probably have uh, a different view of it, but uh, from where I'm standing, uh, the pitch is looking very good. Any injury concerns? None, actually. Uh, there was uh, just a concern which we had top of the more right now that he had a, has a niggling injury, but uh, when you see him now at training, I mean, it doesn't look like it. And um, we're happy that uh, so far, that's, uh, that's the status quo. We hope it remains like that. And uh, we still have two, uh, one more session tomorrow. And then uh, we're hoping that uh, none of the boys get any injury and uh, the coach is able to pick from the 25 players that will be here uh, in Cape Coast. Well, uh, the, the Ghanaian journalist was telling us now that uh, with all due respect to the other teams in the group, Sudan and Sao Tome, Principal, uh, Bafana Bafana is the big one for them. How, how is the rivalry there? What are the locals saying? Yeah, you know, they hold Bafana Bafana in high esteem. Uh, they saying that uh, should uh, Ghana go through uh, against South Africa, then they are almost through to, uh, to, 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 to qualifying for Cameroon 2021. But then again, football is a funny business, you know. Uh, you have to play your match to win it. And uh, we're here to do the same. Obviously, if we get a point, we'll be slightly disappointed, but uh, uh, we'll take it. Uh, but the idea is to actually get uh, uh, the three points and then when we go, go, go back home on Sunday, we get uh, three more points against Sudan and uh, we'll be on six. So we're hoping that uh, on Thursday the boys uh, get to deliver and uh, we leave here smiling with uh, three points.
<laughs> From what you've seen uh, in, in, in training, Cloaks, is the coach sticking to the kind of positive football we saw in PE against the Malians? Of course, that's his style, and uh, I don't think he'll change it. And seeing that it's uh, the same personnel that was uh, uh, in PE playing against Mali, I don't see any changes uh, there. And as uh, you can see in, from the uh, drills that I've been watching now in training, uh, the boys are really uh, enjoying themselves. It's a kind of uh, play that uh, they, they, they really like. So I don't see the coach changing, and I believe that uh, what we saw in PE will most likely see here uh, in Ghana. But then again, you must also remember that we're playing away, so mm. the tactics could change on the day, uh, depending on what happens in the game. But uh, the idea is to, as the coach said at the press conference yesterday, is to go out and uh, try and get three points, but if not, just manage the game to come out with uh, just uh, that one point. What kind of a challenge is he, is he expecting from Ghana? It's uh, actually a young team. It's a change team, and uh, the coach is well aware that uh, the players obviously want to do well. Uh, they're playing at home, so they've got uh, the crowd behind them. They will be having the crowd behind them, and they'll give us a tough match. But then again, uh, we 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 here to fight as well. And uh, you remember that uh, the last time we met them was uh, prior to uh, the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt uh, when we played to a goalless draw. Then it was a friendly match, but this time uh, it's uh, the stakes are higher. And I want to believe that uh, the boys will do well. Great stuff. And when does the team return home to prepare for Sudan then in Orlando on Sunday? Uh, it's going to be another hectic uh, trip back. Uh, immediately after we play against uh, uh, Ghana, we're going to be on the bus uh, back to Accra, uh, sleep over uh, just for a few hours. And then first thing in the morning, we up and we're on the flight back home. We should be landing in South Africa around about uh, uh, 5.45, 5.30 and then start preparations for the Sudan match. And you left tickets for Sunday us? On Sunday at the Orlando Stadium at o'clock. And you left tickets for us, right, to give away? Come again, sir. Sorry, I'm, I'm saying are you going to have tickets for us to give away for the Sudan game on Sunday so we can all go there and support Bafana Bafana? Absolutely, sir. In fact, uh, I might have missed it, but uh, the tickets, uh, some tickets left for your listeners uh, to right. come and enjoy the game of... Uh, Sudan and Bafana Bafana and uh, if not uh, we can just uh, talk offline and uh, tell you how you can get those tickets but definitely tickets are available for your listeners to come and support Bafana Bafana on Sunday for this big match. No problem focus on the game clocks we'll speak to the guys in the office there uh, they'll give us those tickets um, Mafovane, Mr. Mafovane must give us those tickets but thanks for speaking to us folks and all the best for, for, for Thursday what time is kickoff South African time is it 9? South Africa, remember that Ghana is uh, two hours behind. So uh-huh. if we're playing here at 7 o'clock, uh, it means uh, South Africa would go be 9 o'clock, definitely. Okay, brilliant. All the best, folks. And I send our regards to the team there. We'll do so, definitely. And uh, remember that uh, the match against Sudan is on uh, TV. Uh, yep. But there hasn't been any word uh, regarding the Ghana match. So we might not see it on TV. Uh, but if anything happens, uh, we'll... Uh, let you know. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Matlomola Murake there, the media manager uh, officer for Bafana Bafana speaking to us all the way from the Cape Coast in Ghana ahead of the game. It's on Thursday night, 9pm as you heard. SABC won't be televising it, but if anything changes, we will sure let you know. Um, after the break, then we're going to speak to one of the hottest strikers in the Absa Premiership right now, uh, Amazulu striker Bongin Tuli, who scored all their seven goals this season. He's going to talk to us after the break. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And let's now speak to Bongi Ntuli, who's been in top form for Amazulu this season. And he joins us on the line. Bongi, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Fine, thank you. Seven goals. You must be happy with your start this season, or is it hard to celebrate because the team is not doing that great? Yeah, I can say the individual, I'm happy with my performance. Uh, I've been scoring goals, uh, but the team uh, is not winning. Uh, I'm not really happy about the team performance. What do you think has worked for you this season? Is there anything you did in pre-season because you seem to can't, you can't stop scoring at the moment? Yeah, uh, coach uh, Maput, he was a striker. He had me very well at training, especially the movement I'm doing in front. So, yeah, I'm 80. Mm. 
And and do you feel any pressure that you've scored all the team's goals? Do you feel that they're relying on you too much, or are you happy uh, to just carry the weight on your shoulders? Yeah, uh, I'm happy. I'm Mm, do you have any target for this season since you are on seven already after 11 games? And let's let, let's talk about the team. It was a difficult start to the season. The first win coming after eight matches or so. What would you say uh, was led to that slow start? Uh, yeah, we didn't start so well. Exactly the season because it's been a man lose a league. But man, the confident call of the team. Since I wanted to win a game, although they they played the same with other teams, it was I was able to see. But so so continuously, it seems that it's okay. Had a team. I remember that first win. I think it was against Cape Town City where you scored late in that game. There were celebrations. Was it a sign of of, of relief, or did you feel as a team that the win was gonna come soon? Yeah, sincerely, I couldn't team out. No, because Mm. Was it disappointing to see the coach Kevin Johnson uh, lose his job earlier in the season? And as players, do you take responsibility? Yeah, mm. And, I mean, how has it been working under Joseph Vukuzic? Is there anything that is doing differently? Yeah, and that's For you, Bonginduli, would you say now you've settled it at, at Amazula? I mean, you've been around for a long time in, in local football. You were a journeyman at times, moving around, but you are permanent at Amazulu. Does that help the fact that you're permanent there, that you can settle? Yeah, I especially So You were on loan a few times, especially when you were in the books of, of Sun of Sundowns. Was it your decision to ask for a permanent move to Amazulu and was it hard? No, yeah, maybe and how do you look back at your time at Sundowns? Are you disappointed, like you say, that you didn't get a, a regular run? No, I'm a little disappointed in the game that I like. I understand the game team in Kuru, but no, I won't be Sandra Kuru, my uncle, and I said, and I said, she made me. Mm. I remember there was a time, if I'm not mistaken, when you went to Sweden for trials at your at your gardens. How was that trial? Because some reports said that you impressed them at that time. Yeah, I went to Sweden. I got some taller experience. I could look at the Kumbula and the first game and I learned where Sweden. I can see sometimes I was going to call it. I got some taller experience. Mm. And, f- and and for the team this season, Bongi, what will make a good finish for the team? You are second from bottom. Now, where where do, where would you like to finish? No, this is a good season. Good top eight. So, seven are good. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So there's someone on Twitter that says, are you disappointed that you were not called up to Bafana considering that you're one of the form strikers this season? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what you know. Maybe it's a million with Korea, Kula, Makulu, because now we're able to break it.
Okay, great stuff. Bongi, thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM. We just wanted to bring you on. We just wanted to highlight uh, what you've done there. You must tell those guys to help you score, man. You can't score all the goals this season. (laughs) And just finally, what would you like to say to the supporters of Amazulu that are listening to us tonight? Okay, and Zico Smith on Twitter says it's so nice to hear Maputi is helping Bongi with his finishing. And uh, thank you, Bongi, for speaking to us and all the best for the rest of the season. Okay, Thank you, Bongi Ntulia. I remember Gavin Hunt actually a couple of years ago saying that that big number nine up front for Arrows is exactly what Bafana Bafana needs. I want him in my team. He's big. He can hold the ball. He can pass. He can shoot. He can head. And I really want this big number nine. But after that, I think that's when he went to uh, Sundowns actually. And uh, on that note then... um, let me, oh, that's where we're going to leave it. Actually, it's almost 8 o'clock. Uh, but thank you to our guests from Ghana. Thank you to Toby from NetBank and Bongintuli from Amazulu. And let me tell you, we've got a big interview tomorrow. Uh, it is Boxing Wednesday for all you boxing fans. He has confirmed that he will speak to us. We hope the line doesn't let us down tomorrow. But we have confirmed an interview with none other than Dien Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion. He's held the title since 2015 and he will join us live on SAFM Spot On tomorrow night. The bronze bomber between 7 and 8 p.m. A former Olympian, of course, a bronze medalist in the Beijing Games in 08. So Deontay Wilder will speak to us tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. Prepare those voice notes. Prepare those questions. We'll take lots and lots of calls for Deontay Wilder and we hope that everything goes according to plan. And also the Mzansi Super League returns tomorrow. Are they playing in Centurion? The Twanis Spartans up against the Nelson Mandela Bay Giants. And remember the Mzansi Super League is exclusive to SABC. That's it from us. Uh, my name is Tabi Somosia. Thank you to Katla Komudiba and Sylvester Komane. It is time for news.